Section 11 of The One-Eyed Griffin and Other Tales by Herbert Eskett Inman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Prince Ghibli Gobli, Chapter 3, The Road to the Sunset Lake. A long, dreary, dusty road, on either side bare-looking country, without sign of a house or even a tree to shade him from the fierce sun overhead. Ghibli Gobli had never felt so hot and thirsty in all his life as he did sitting by the wayside and looking hopelessly around. How did he get there? The last thing he remembered was kissing his mother in the fairy's hall, and here he was, sitting out in the hot sun, not knowing how he got there, where he was or where the road led to. A slight rustle at his feet caused him to look down, and there he saw, peering up at him, a little speckled frog. Well, are you ready to start? it asked in a thin, squeaky voice. Ghibli Gobbly stared. Did you speak to me? he said. Why, of course, stupid, said the frog. Her Majesty sent me to see you off, and I don't mind how quickly you are, for it is awfully hot here. Where am I? queried Ghibli Gobbly. On the road to the Sunset Lake, the frog answered. It's a good long way, but if you keep going towards the west, you will get there some day. Slow and steady, you know? Well, goodbye. And so saying, the frog jumped headlong into a tiny pool hard by and sank out of sight. Ghibli Gobbly got up and looked round. He felt very strange. Being out alone in the wide world, after having lived all his life without ever going outside the palace grounds, Go towards the west, he said, looking upward. Let me see. The west must be that way. And walking as briskly as he could, he started on his journey. Uphill, down dale, the road went, and Ghibli Gobbly began to get very tired. Still, he kept bravely on, till at last, having climbed a steep hill, he saw a thick, dark wood lying below. Come, he said to himself. This, at any rate, will be better than the hot road. And he began to make his way towards it, when the sound of loud cries for help made him start. Someone is in trouble, he said, and started running towards the spot from which the cries came. Pushing his way through the thick brushwood, he soon came to a place where four fierce men were attacking an old fellow, who, with his back to a tree, was stoutly defending himself with a thick cudgel. Already one rascal lay on the ground, with a cracked head, and Ghibli Gobbly, snatching up the sword that the robber had let fall, sprang to the old man's side, prepared to assist him. But Ghibli had no need to use the weapon, for no sooner did the robbers catch sight of his face with its tangled red hair and goggle eyes, than, with cries of terror, they threw away their weapons and ran off, while the old man stood looking in silent wonder at the strange figure of his deliverer. The prince looked sadly at him. Do not be afraid of me, he said. I know I am very ugly. Hey, growled the old fellow. Handsome is that handsome does. And though you certainly are no beauty to look at, you have done me a very good turn. I am glad of that, answered the prince. Now I will go on my way. And where may you be going? the other inquired. To the sunset lake, said the prince. I am come from the country of Rambania. 
Hey, whistled the old man. Hey, then you are Prince Ghibli Gobli. Hey, I know you, young sir, and I have something that will be of use to you. I am the fairy's tinker, and it was this very thing that those four rascals wanted. They were men belonging to the witch, Grindel Grimm. She has been trying to get at these for a long time. The little old fellow opened his pack as he spoke, and drew out a little golden helmet, encircled with a tiny crown of the same precious metal, a coat of glittering chain mail, and a beautiful sword of such excellent make that the prince could not restrain a cry of pleasure at the sight. There, said the tinker, those were made at the fairy forge by the light of the full moon. Both helm and mail will fit anyone who wears them, be they little or big, and so long as the heart is true, the sword will never fail. Take them, prince, they are for you. But, said Ghibli Gobli, I cannot take these splendid things, for I have done nothing to earn them. Nay, prince, I say they are yours. See, answered the other, and drawing the sword, he pointed to the keen blade, where the prince saw engraved in tiny golden characters, for Prince Goldenheart, when he has earned it. No one but yourself may read that, Sir Prince, continued the strange old man. Now don your armour, and buckle on your sword, and farewell. The old man picked up his pack, and with a cheery nod, departed, and the prince, having followed his advice, once more started off, with a lighter heart, now, to see the golden duck. And now the road led down into a sunny valley, with green fresh grass and sparkling streams. The air was full of sweet music from the throats of hundreds of bright birds that darted to and fro. But the prince did not much notice these, for he was hungry and weary, and eagerly made his way to a pretty cottage near, at the door of which he knocked. A pleasant-faced old dame came out. Can you give a poor wanderer, who has nothing to buy food with, a little to eat? he said. That can I, answered the woman. But how can you say you have nothing to pay with? I will buy your golden helm, or your sword, and give you money enough to make you rich all your days. Nay, answered the prince, I may not sell my sword or helm, so dame, I will go on my way. Oh no, answered she, come in and eat what you will. The prince entered, and the woman quickly placed before him a meal that looked very tempting indeed, not seeming to notice his ugly face at all. Come, said she, eat if you are hungry. The prince was just going to comply, when through the window came a ray from the setting sun that seemed to dance about as did the light on the magic mirror. Then next minute it had formed the words in tiny letters in front of him. Beware! Haste on! Ghibli Gobbly looked up. The woman was just before him, and he thought that, in spite of the pleasant face, there was a cruel look in her eyes. I fear I may not stay to eat, dame, he said. That beam of light tells me the sun is setting, and I cannot spare time. Why, cried the woman angrily, it will not take long to eat a meal. Besides, what need to go on tonight? Stay here till the morning. No, no, answered Ghibli Gobbly, I must get on at once. That thou shalt not, screamed the woman, starting up. And as she did so, the cap fell off, the sunny smile vanished, and Grindel Grimm stood before him.
Now, she said, stay here or die. I myself may not harm you, but if you leave this place, see what awaits you. She pointed through the door as she spoke, and there the prince saw her huge griffin waiting ready to seize him. Ghibli Gobli drew his sword and rushed out. Boldly he went up to the monster, but somehow the griffin did not seem to want to fight. For instead he raised his huge leathery wings and, roaring loudly, sped heavily away. Grindelgrim shook her fists in her anger. Go on, she cried. You have won this time, but beware, for I will have you yet. Ghibli Gobli did not wait to reply, but, holding his sword ready, he pushed on his way, determined that, hungry or not, he would not stop again until nightfall should make it impossible to proceed. And now, once again, the road led into the forest, and instead of being wide and clear, it was narrow and entangled by creepers and prickly briars that grew so dense that the prince had to cut his way through with the help of his sword. Now a great boar attacked him and had to be slain. Now a gaunt wolf would start up and fly at him, or a poisonous snake dart at him, so that every step he had to be on the alert, now fighting, now panting, as he forced his way onward, and all the time getting more and more faint and weary. Sometimes he thought he must give up, and turn back. But then, though he could not speak it, he remembered his name, and started on, determined to succeed or die. Now the road led up, up, up a steep hillside, up until at last he gained the very top, and there below at his feet he saw stretching far away the beautiful sunset lake. End of section 11